Lord, who can dwell in your tent? Who can live on your holy mountain? The one who lives blamelessly, practice righteousness, and acknowledges the truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue, who does not harm his friend or discredit his neighbor, who despises the one rejected by the Lord, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his word whatever the cost, who does not lend his silver at interest or take a bribe against the innocent. The one who does these things will never be shaken. Psalm 15. Good morning, IBCM. It is so good to be with you here again this morning. I just love sitting here in our library here at home and spending these uh, 20 minutes or so with you, getting a good start to our day, focusing, listening, uh, getting ready to obey God's Word, spending time praying together. To me, this is just, uh, it's like a highlight of the day, and it's in the first part of the day. What a great way to start the day. Don't ever forget that uh, Cindy and I love you very much. We pray for you regularly, and we're praying that this day will be a great day in the Lord for you. Hey, I, I feel more uh, refreshed and fresh this morning than I have the entire uh, 13 days so far in our quarantine. Had a good night's rest uh, last night. I, I slept all the way till 4 o'clock this morning, praise the Lord. So I feel, I feel fresh and uh, looking forward to Sunday when we can worship together in person with you. So uh, let me just encourage you. I know we have, uh, only, uh, we have restrictions on how many people can attend worship on Sunday mornings. It's still at 30%, which means that we can only uh, entertain about uh, 90 to 100 people in worship this Sunday morning. However, we do have... We do have a, a room that could be used as an overflow where we could put maybe 30 or 40 more. So let me encourage all of you who are able to uh, attend worship in person this Sunday, July the 18th. Well, today we continue uh, meditating and praying through, thinking through uh, Colossians. We're, we're focusing uh, for a few days on Colossians 3 verses 12 to 17. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Yesterday, uh, we focused on, and let me back up and say that in, in these six verses, we are focusing on the, of the of four components that uh, the Christian life consists of. What is the Christian life? The Christian life is described in these verses uh, written by Paul, uh, and we're looking at the four four components of a, of a Christian life. And yesterday we looked at the first component, which is our identity. We are God's chosen ones, His holy ones, and His dearly loved ones. And that makes all the difference in who we are, which we'll see today makes all the difference in our character as Christ's disciples. But before we dig into this scripture, let's, uh, let's listen to what the psalmist said and which encourages us that if we're going to be in the presence of the Lord, we need to make sure that we are right before Him. So let's spend some time in prayer, getting our hearts ready for His Word, and making sure that uh, there are no unconfessed sins, that there's uh, nothing in our spirit or our heart that would hinder our hearing accurately 
and responding well to God's word. Uh, so let's get ready for the word. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, though for, for Cindy and I, the day is already three or four hours in the making. It's still the first part of the day. It's still morning. And so this is, is a time that we set apart uh, Monday through Friday to get a good start to the day so that we can uh, live the, the Christ life in a way that is effective and fruitful and most of all is an act of worship and a way that we can bring glory to you. Lord, we confess to you our desperate need for you. You are all we need. All we need is found in you. And we need your word. And so, Lord, right now, through the indwelling Holy Spirit who resides in each of us, right now, bring to mind anything, any thought, any anxiety, any worry, any attitude, um, any, anything, Lord, that would hinder us from hearing and receiving your word this morning. We are so desperate for your word, so desperate for you, that we want to make sure our hearts are right, that our minds are set, as Paul wrote in the previous verses in chapter 3, that our minds and hearts are set on things above and not things on earth. So right now, Holy Spirit, set our minds and set our hearts on the power and the eternal nature and quality of your word so that we are ready to live this day in obedience to it. We're thankful, Lord, that primarily it is a relationship of love with you. We are your chosen, holy, and dear people, dearly loved people. It is a relationship of love, not obligation, but out of gratitude for your divine love and grace, we want to live a worshipful, obedient, holy life. And so prepare us for that kind of life today through your word. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's read. Today we'll read uh, verses uh, 12 and 13. 12 and 13, we'll read those two verses today and focus on the second component of the Christian life, and that is our character. The first part of verse 12 reminds us of that first component, our identity. Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, that's our identity, here comes our character. Put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you are also to forgive. And so we see in, in those two verses our character. And Paul describes it in eight ways. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, and forgiveness. Is that eight or seven? Let's see. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, and forgiveness. Seven. So he gives us seven characteristics, seven qualities of our Christ-like character, which is a direct product of our 
identity in Christ. Since we are chosen ones, holy ones, and dearly loved ones, we have now Christ-like character, compassion. That is a gut-level uh, understanding, acknowledgement, empathy, sympathy. It's a gut-level association with the brokenness and the needs of others. The English word compassion actually comes from a Greek word which describes, which, which, and, and the root of that Greek word is the bowels, that visceral, gut-level uh, depth of understanding, association with the brokenness and hurt and pain and needs of others. It is a character, but like all of these characters, parts of our character, characteristics or traits, they are expressed outwardly. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Then there's kindness. That is a the character of having this desire to, to give goodness to others. Then there's humility. That is, that is the deep, the soul deep understanding of who we are. We not an exaggeration of our significance, nor is it an under. Uh, exaggeration of our, our not an exaggeration of our insignificance. It's realizing that our significance is in our relationship with Christ and that we are, are on level ground with every other person. As the old preacher used to say, the, the ground at the foot of the cross is level. Then there's gentleness. And that is a sensitivity to others. That's recognizing that, that we could be an offense if we're not careful. That, that, so there, there, there's a tenderness there. There's, there's, a, there's a sensitivity there. But that word also, there, there's power behind that word. The Greek word comes from a word which, a root word, which describes a stallion. So there, there's that sense of power and might, but it's under control. It's, it's sensitive to others. And then there is patience. That is the, the, the trait, the, the character of, of waiting on God, being still and waiting on God, not forcing our way, but also waiting on God to work in others. So there's a, there's a patience with people, recognizing that all of us are a, a work in progress. As the old children's song of many years back in the 80s used to say, we're, we're wet cement. God is not finished with us yet. So there's, there's that character of patience. And then there is the forbearance. Paul says, bearing with one another. That is similar to patience, but it goes an extra mile. It goes even deeper. That's a willingness to share the burdens of others. And then there is the character of forgiveness. And Paul has described for us our model for forgiveness. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also are to forgive. Now that word forgive in Paul's language meant to release. And it could be applied to two or three, maybe more, uh, associations. So it could mean released from a debt or it could mean released from an obligation, or it could mean released from uh, a burden, 
are released from bondage or slavery or captivity. The idea here is that something, uh, uh, something that has happened, some condition has been released and let go. And that's what forgiveness is. We forgive as Christ forgave us. He released us from the debt, from the bondage, from the captivity, from the obligation, from the death of sin. The wages of sin is death. But when we placed our faith in Christ Jesus, He released us from that debt. He released us from that destiny. So in the same way, we are to release others who have harmed us or offended us. We release them from that debt against us, from that obligation against us, from the harm that they did against us. It's letting it go and actually treating it as if it never happened. That is very difficult for us to do. Actually, each one of these seven traits of our character, each one of them are very difficult. And you might say, well, my goodness, really? I mean, there are times that I admit it's hard for me to forgive. Or we might say, do I really have to be kind to every person all the time? Or you might say, there are just some people who just wear me out. They are so maculette. How can I be patient with them? Well, admittedly, all of us must admit that there are times in which we allow the flesh, our human flesh, to rule our hearts, not Christ. And when that happens, the character of who we once were comes to the surface. That's why Paul says in, the, in that first part of the second part of verse 12, when he begins describing our character, that's why Paul says that we are to put on these character traits. Paul is recognizing that these, are, these all describe a divine nature, a God nature. These describe Christ's character. So I must put them on. Really? I have to put all these things on every day? Well, let me ask you. Do you walk out of your house in the day naked? No. Before, you, before we leave the house, we put on clothes. So we have undergarments, we have pants or a skirt, we have a blouse or a shirt, we may have a suit, a jacket and a tie on, we have shoes and socks on. There are, those, there are seven or eight things that we must put on every day before we walk out of the house. Because if we walk out of the house undressed, that's highly offensive and, by the way, illegal. So in the same way, how dare we leave the house today, undressed, we must dress in the character of Christ. Now, before we have the idea that this is completely impossible, listen to this. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. This reminds me that I have no excuse. Let me start with verse 3. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness. Let me say that again. This is 2 Peter 1 verse 3. 
His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. There's our identity. Chosen, holy, dearly loved. Peter puts it this way, called by his own glory. There's our identity. His divine power has given us everything we need. Then listen to verse 4. By these he has given us very great and precious promises. Here it comes. So that through them you may share in the divine nature. Should I say that again? So that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. That not only reminds me that I have no excuse, that we have no excuse, but that is so exciting. You see, because of our identity, we have been given a Christ-like character. But notice that Paul is admitting that we also still are a work in progress, and there is the human flesh, the human pride, that is waging war against the character of Christ that we have been given. So Paul says that we must put on that those two words describe the energy and the intentionality that we need every day to wear the character of Christ. Now, all of these are inward. They're inward, internal, heart, and even gut-deep traits, character traits of Christ. But just as compassion is expressed, just as kindness is expressed, just as gentleness and patience and forgiveness, all these things are expressed. The character of Christ is expressed. They are worn. That's why Paul says, put them on. They, these are our spiritual garments that we wear every day. The character of Christ is made evident in our lives. So we put them on every day. So that when we walk out of the door, when we meet with people, maybe we're not walking, maybe we're still working at home, but when we have a Zoom meeting, when we're texting, when we're handling a phone call, wherever we are, people see the garment of Christ's character. We're wearing it, but we have to put it on. But thanks to God, by His divine power, we have been given the opportunity because of our identity in Christ, to share His divine nature, to share, to wear His character. So, what's the challenge today? The challenge today is to admit our human pride. When I do not, when I am not wearing Christ's character, it's my choice. I've allowed the my pride, the human flesh, to rule in my heart rather than the character of Christ. So today, as we are still early in the day, let's admit to Christ all the competition. What's the competition of compassion? What's the competition to kindness in your heart? You answer the question. What, what, comp what competes with humility? in your heart? What, what competes with gentleness and patience and bearing others' burdens? What competes with the character of forgiveness in your heart? You, and only you, can answer those questions, and the Holy Spirit is right there 
helping you to see what is competing with the, compare, with the character of Christ in our hearts. That's the first step. The second step is once the Holy Spirit reveals to us what is competing in our hearts with the character of Christ, we confess it, we repent of it, and we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us by His divine power to fill us with the character of Christ so that we are not offensive to God or to other people today. And then we make that intention. We verbally express to God our desire to wear His character today. Now, the day is just beginning and there are going to be challenges and obstacles that we face today. And there are going to be times that we forget who we are, our identity in Christ. And there are going to be times in which we allow the flesh to rule and we take off a piece of Christ's character from our wardrobe. Thankfully, God is forgiving. Jesus continues to forgive us. He understands that we are growing in spiritual maturity, that we are a work in progress. That does not give us an excuse or a loophole, but let's just be honest. But we're going to depend upon His power today to express His character through us so that people do not see the naked truth of our human pride that is offensive, but they see the character of Christ that we are wearing in all of our daily tasks today. Let's pray and let's confess our need for Christ's character to be worn today and let's commit to wear it today. Thank you, God, for this verse that challenges us, corrects us, inspires us, excites us about the life we can live as your followers. We have, we have such an identity. We are children of the King, chosen, holy, dearly loved, and because you love us so much, you share your divine character with us so that we can wear it. It can be expressed. It can be exposed in all of our conversations today, in all of our tasks and dealings and work and business today. We confess to you, Lord, that sometimes we're rude and impatient. Sometimes we're unwilling to forgive. Sometimes, that, sometimes we don't care and don't connect with the needs and the pains of others. We are too focused on ourselves, and this is not Christ-like. Forgive us, Lord, and by your power, transform us. Now, Lord, today we also want to intercede for people that we are praying for. We want to pray for Becky and Pearlie and Hope uh, and uh, Nita and others who are are struggling with cancer. We want to pray for your healing, for your courage, that you will sustain their faith in this trial of life. We want to pray for the Felisario family, for the Parcone family, for Isaiah and his family, for uh, Wincy and her family who have lost loved ones recently. We pray, Lord, that they will experience and know your compassion for you draw near to the brokenhearted. We pray they will be sensitive and recognize your drawing near to them. Lord, we just got the news uh, in the last few hours that Margaret uh, has, has tested positive for COVID. Though her 
symptoms are mild, we pray, God, that you will continue to bring healing to our body, that you will keep those symptoms mild, that they will not become serious. And also her nephew, Bo, is also uh, positive with COVID. We pray, God, that uh, that little boy will be kept safe from this disease, that there will be healing, that you'll protect the rest of the family from this disease. Today, Lord, we also, uh, we also want to pray for our city. And again, Lord, like that widow, we're going to pester and continue to ask you, Lord, for you to bring a spiritual awakening in our city and that you would start by transforming and reviving and inspiring and setting aflame the faith of your people that gather together as the International Baptist Church of Manila. We thank you and praise you for this day. We rejoice in the life we have in you. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to use us for your glory. Lord, we also want to lift up before we go uh, our 15 church planters and missionaries that we uh, are engaged with, that we support, that we train and encourage. And we pray that today, Lord, that each one of them will see a victory, perhaps a new believer, perhaps a, a new step of obedience and faith in someone they are discipling, uh, perhaps a breakthrough uh, which provides a connection or a relationship that will build for the future. Lord, you know their hearts and you know what they're praying for. We pray that today each one of them will have a victory and will have a prayer answered that you will continue to encourage them, that you will concur and continue to draw them nearer to you, that you will protect them from um, harm, that you will give them physical and spiritual health, that you will guard their hearts so they do not wander away from your will and from your plan for their ministry. Again, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for the relationship we have with you and with each other, that we can pour out our hearts and share life together as the body of Christ. And we pray all this in his great and mighty name. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining with uh, Cindy and I this morning. Cindy's not on camera, but she's always by my side as we have this devotional time together. Don't forget, we pray for you regularly. We love you much, and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning. In the meantime, have a great day, and I'll see you in the morning.